Hello, I'm ABC7's Teresa Gutierrez, along with my colleagues John Garcia and Stacy Baca. We're checking the pulse of Chicago's Latino community. We've put together four stories that encompass the diversity of today's Latino in business, in the arts, and as a touchstone for sharing our culture with the city at large. We'll begin with one of the city's premier dance ensembles. This year, the Ensemble Español Spanish Dance Theater celebrates its 35th anniversary. It is a dance company in residence on the campus of Northeastern Illinois University, which also houses the ensemble's youth company and the Center for Spanish Dance and Music. After 35 years, the ensemble's founder, artistic director, and choreographer, Dame Libby Camaico, candidly admits she was born to dance. It chose me. I began Spanish dance with the Jose Greco Spanish Dance Company in the United States. Her professional trajectory brought her back to Chicago as an educator and the first artist in residence at Northeastern Illinois University, where today she holds the title of Professor of Dance in the Department of Music and Dance. She also claims the highest honor bestowed by the King of Spain, Don Juan Carlos I, the Ribbon of the Dane. You're the center mark, there's five of you. This has been my joy. The joy is in the work. The joy is in the process. The dancers. For the bolero, muy bien, much improved. The commitment, the love of it, how they see that it unites everyone from all over the world. Just, just come in, anyone can learn. The unifying theme of this dance company is grounded in the passion and artistry they express, performing traditional flamenco and neoclassical dances. The beauty is, of course, the cultural values of uniting all the mosaic of cultures that the ensemble represents with our dancers. You do not have to be a Latino to really engulf the passion. We all have passion. And I think there's always something in our programs that captivates even that non-dancer. And perhaps it's the story and the song that they're listening to that they can relate to. Perhaps it's them remembering something in their own culture. A company first dancer and executive director, Jorge Perez, is also proud of the connection the ensemble has made between dance and culture for the next generation. It definitely teaches more than just dance. I found that a lot about myself, who I am. Um, it's taught me discipline, it's taught me self-confidence, it's taught me technical skills, obviously, in dancing. They've taught me lots with my work in the, in the field of arts management as well as an educator. It's just taught me so much with responsibility and commitment and discipline, and just exposure to something so personal, something just so rich in art and culture, and it just gave me the whole huge part of my identity. And I have no idea what kind of person I would be if I had not started with this company. For every dancer, this participation is personal. Several dancers in the ensemble began in the youth company and have continued their dedication to dance. I've been doing uh, Spanish dance for about 16 years. I started when I was 16 and it takes a lot of dedication. Uh, what drives me to do it is my love for dance. The music is just so beautiful. And once you hear Spanish dance, whether it be classical, folklore, or flamenco, it just touches your soul, it touches your 
brain and your mind and every part of you. That's the reason it really drew me in, was the music. With over 125 dances in the company's repertoire, the annual gala concert is a showcase for their signature works, like the bolero, choreographed by Dame Libby Comaico. This piece was choreographed back in 1993. And I believe her inspirations for this piece were, as our backdrops will show, the paintings and drawings of Pablo Picasso and the music of composer Maurice Ravel. Like Jorge Perez and most of the dancers in the Ensemble Español, Irma Suarez Ruiz plays a dual role in the success of the company. Behind the scenes, uh, you'll see the warm-ups, you'll see the sweat, you'll see the frustrations of doing the piece over and over again, which is practically a requirement for us to be able to present to the audience something that is flawless. So that is our job. It, it takes a lot of sweat. She is the associate director and also a first dancer, a cornerstone for the legacy of the company's future. The ensemble is a wonderful company. We have many dancers, very dedicated dancers, who come from working full time or going to school or doing both at the same time, and yet they put their heart and soul into this. And I am, I'm extremely proud of all of them. The experience of our programs are really what captivate audiences from the young to the old. Perhaps it's the, the passion that Spanish dance brings to an audience and even a performer. It is a culture all onto itself. People are able to relate to it because of the joys of the dancers that are presented in Spanish dance or perhaps it's the love stories that are, are heard in the art form. This year, the Ensemble Español will host its annual festival of dance titled Flamenco Passion in Skokie's North Shore Center for the Performing Arts. There is still time to get a ticket for a show. I'm sure the whole family will enjoy. Coming up next on the Enya Beat, we'll drop in on the studio of Xavier Nuez. He is an artist that has found a way to focus our attention on the remains of some of our country's great industrial cities. Welcome back to the Enya Beat. I'm Teresa Gutierrez. I think you'll agree that Chicago is never at a loss for welcoming, nurturing, and exhibiting the work of Latino artists. We found one such talent working in his studio on some powerful images that speak of abandonment in some of the greatest cities in our country. If you look a little closer, they may change the perception of what you think you see. Stacy Baca has this story. Canadian-born Xavier Nuez makes his home in Chicago's Pilsen neighborhood, a hotspot for artists. And more importantly, that is where he found his artistic soul, a soul that's reflected in his artwork. One thing that fascinates me about Pilsen is that it is a Latino immigrant community, and it reflects the background that I had. My parents were immigrants from Spain, they had a very hard time trying to fit in. 
my dad's first job was uh, washing uh, dishes. So, you know, it was, we kind of started at the bottom of the barrel. Growing up in Canada, Xavier often felt like an outsider, and these memories help him focus his energy. I like to dignify what's been rejected, and one of the things I hate the most is, uh, is racism. You hear so many disparaging remarks about immigrants and, and about minorities in general, and for me, that just makes my blood boil. I know what the life of an immigrant is, I know how hard my family had to struggle. His current series of photographs, Alleys and Runes, has been displayed throughout the U.S. with the New York Times and Professional Artist Magazine both taking note of his photography. I just finished a uh, show in New York and uh, the New York Times has called the Alleys and Ruins series a masterpiece. So. Uh, you know, I mean, it's just the most incredible honor that, you know, that I could have. A commercial photographer by trade, Xavier now pursues his artistic endeavor full time. I was a commercial photographer for many years. I would shoot um, architectural interiors for magazines, product photography, different forms of commercial jobs to pay the bills. Doing all of that, I developed an understanding of how to use all the tools. Making his living looking through the lens of a 50-year-old camera has been an exercise in tenacity, and the results are photographs that have made a good first impression. I create images through very long exposures. I'm shooting in dark places. I shoot film with a 50-year-old Hasselblad film camera, and I combine very long exposures, which can be 20, 30, 40 minutes, and during that time, I combine my own lights. It has been a, a, a real uphill struggle. You know, for many years, I, I, I was the, uh, you know, I was your stereotype uh, starving artist. I lived in buildings that were condemned. I've had lots of times where I didn't know how I was gonna pay the rent. The key for me was just perseverance. And, and the fact that there, there was nothing else that I wanted to do. Working in the dark of night, each photograph exists as Xavier's vision until he is able to translate it onto film, and then he waits to see what develops. What I love is the track curves and doesn't seem to end. So when you look at this final image, it's gonna be like you're, sort of like you're trapped. I try to create very theatrical, very sort of fairy tale looking images. Most people, when they look at my work, they say, how is it possible I'm looking at this dumpster next to this garbage in this dark alley that I wouldn't walk into in a million years? How is it possible you've made this so beautiful? I feel like I want to be in there. It's a strange layering of the harsh reality with this desire to create this perfect world where there's no war and there's no racism. You have the fear and the ugliness, the harsh reality, the danger of these places with this sort of slick commercial happy layer on top which makes them attractive and beautiful and very sort of peaceful looking. Xavier is hard at work on his next series of photographs, and like his first series of photographs, he really does hope that people come to appreciate his perspective. People are 
as it turns out, are fascinated with ruins. Everyone wants to know what's there. They want to know what's at the end of a dark alley. So that's what I do. There's a lot of things that come into creating a, a good work of art. The history of the artist is, is just integral. And for me, it's, it, my art is, it's kind of an open book. There is a positive side in everything. And if, if you can find something positive in some of the most reviled and ugly and scary places in a city, if you can make beauty and find something positive in that, well, you can find something positive in anything. Some of his photographs are available for purchase at the Schneider Gallery in Chicago, or you can visit his website at XavierNuiz.com. We wish him continued success. Coming up next on the Enyabee, in a world where image is everything, we'll talk to a Latina who is in the business of professional makeovers. Hello again. Welcome back to another edition of the Enyabee. Every year, people across the world spend billions on clothing, shoes, and accessories because they are obsessed with looking good and keeping up with the latest fashion trends. Even through these tough economic times, you'd think spending would be on the decline. But it isn't. There are still plenty of guilt-free shoppers who will consciously spend $1,000 on designer jeans. In Chicago, there's one woman who believes there is no limit to looking your best all for the sake of your image. In existence for six years, the Image Consulting Company, founded by Lulakaya, has been in the business of making people over. This is kind of like a dream for me come true. I love helping people to feel better about themselves. Although her company has only been changing people's lives for the past several years, Lula's love for making things over started when she was a little girl. That's it. So can you see the huge difference between the blonde and the right color? Mary Angela Assad, one of her repeat clients, is a businesswoman who lives in Monterey, Mexico, but made the trip to the U.S. because she needed a lift. One of the things I really admire her because she's a very perfectionist person and, uh, and she takes care of all the details. Something like this, something like The two to three day process starts out with an assessment of her client's taste. First on the agenda is a state-of-the-art hair analysis. All my life I had a long hair and she was trying to convince me to cut my hair. But I didn't want it, but I said, well, okay, you are the expert. And I realized that it looks better. Next, a color palette featuring over 30 colors is placed against the face to see what works and what doesn't. Then a microscopic look at the face is done, and finally, measurements are taken to complete the evaluation. On the final day, it's all about having fun and enjoying the process. Lula Kaya and her team head over to Nordstrom's for a day of personal shopping, which is also a complimentary service that this retailer offers its customers. The most fun is to go shopping with her. She's crazy. Telling you this is good for you, this color is come with you, this is good for work, this is good for fun, this is good for casual. From head to toe, 
Several ensembles are carefully put together based on style, color, and look in order to complete the makeover. From shopping, it's off to the salon where Maria Angela's hair is groomed and styled, her face is pampered, and ultimately, her life is transformed. She goes from this to this. One of the best moments for that is when we finish the whole makeover and they look at themselves in the mirror for the first time. This is just an amazing experience. They cry and I cry too, you know, after I see that. You know, because they, they just can't realize how much potential they have. She has several different looks that can easily be maintained because each item is photographed and placed in a binder. A swatch with all of your best colors, pictures with all the best cuts for pants, for shirts, for necklace. And something very important is to train them to get to know their bodies. So when they are in front of the mirror, when they are shopping, they know exactly what pictures. The session wraps with a photo shoot that makes her clients feel really proud. I really feel that I was another person. And when I go back to Mexico, many people told me, Mariangela, you are so different. You look great. Her detailed services range from as low as a few hundred dollars and can go as high as several thousand dollars, not including clothes. By having this process of people looking themselves on the computer and looking with different hair colors and different hair lengths, they just go like, oh my God, that looks great on me. I want that. Somebody told me your, your eyes is like uh, shining, I mean like sparkling. And that is because of Lula. Not surprisingly, Lula represents a growing trend of women in business. But more importantly, she is leading the way for Latinas to benefit from her consultation by presenting workshops here in the States and Mexico as well. When we return, I'll show you where you can learn to speak Spanish and immerse yourself in the culture of Spain and Latin America. For more information about the stories featured on the Enya Beat, log on to abc7chicago.com. Welcome back to the Enya Beat. This next story will help you get connected to the culture of Spain and Latin America and the Spanish language through the many programs offered by the Instituto Cervantes. John Garcia has this story. Si? Que numero es la raya? The Instituto Cervantes is a Chicago non-profit center for Spanish language and cultural exchange. We have a worldwide uh, organization, more than 80 centers all over the world, and Chicago is one of the most active centers. At the helm is Executive Director Ignacio Olmos. Along with the staff at Instituto Cervantes, they host a variety of programs, all designed with one thing in mind, to immerse you in culture. I think culture is the best way to approach uh, another world and another language. You get an emotion you can probably not have in your own world, in your own culture. Located in Chicago's Loop, the Instituto Cervantes offers many programs for free. Some have a small fee, but they are all designed to help you participate in a cultural exchange. Pasó, bien, pasó por el supermercado, ¿sí? Teaching Spanish is another way the Instituto Cervantes helps to share a better understanding of Spain and Latin America. Students of all ages enroll in their classes to learn proper Spanish. 
Cuando ustedes hablan de viajes también. At Instituto Cervantes, we teach standard Spanish. So this is a Spanish you can be understood if you go to Spain or to Mexico or to Argentina. Pasar todo el día caminando, ¿sí? There is one kind of Spanish, which is correct Spanish. Uh, it's a Spanish that is correct grammatically and rich in vocabulary. I think that the emphasis for many immigrants in other countries is just to integrate. And language is the best integration means for anyone. A ver, ¿quién sabe contar hasta siete? Uno, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco, seis, siete. Wow, muy bien. Non-native speakers and especially second-generation Hispanics are encouraged to take advantage of the Instituto Cervantes classes. Instruction is very personalized. There is a bond, a good bond with the teachers. So people feel very much at ease learning the language. Every year, Instituto Cervantes celebrates the language with an open house called Dia A. It's an opportunity for students to practice their Spanish and families to experience the culture of Latin America and Spain right here at home. We have cultural events where they can socialize and practice the language. So it's fairly easy to be able to practice the language and to learn as. Throughout the year, the Instituto Cervantes also partners with the Old Town School of Folk Music, the Latino Film Festival, and the Museum of Contemporary Art, among other organizations. It's their way of offering you plenty of opportunities to connect with the culture. This month on June 30th, they'll present a very special concert featuring Quique Gonzalez, one of Spain's distinguished rock artists. I'd like to thank the Instituto Cervantes for allowing us to host our show here in their downtown cultural and language center. For my colleagues, Stacy Baca and John Garcia, I'm Teresa Gutierrez. I hope you've enjoyed this edition of the Enya Beat.